This is Unfilter, episode 75 for November 13th, 2013. The TPP, which is made up of a 12-country trade bloc spearheaded by the U.S., is not being negotiated by world leaders, but instead by multinational corporations. Yes, big banks, big ag, global telecom, pharmaceutical, and fossil fuel giants are all standing to benefit immensely from the passing of this deal. See, there are over 600 U.S. corporate advisors ensuring that the final outcome of the text guarantees corporate profits over public good. And of the 29 chapters, only five of them actually deal with trade. The rest set a very dangerous precedent on everything from intellectual property rights to food safety to the eradication of the Buy America Act. Not to mention the international court tribunals that would usurp national sovereignty. Coming up on this week's episode of Unfiltered, a pivotal section of the Trans-Pacific Partnership has been revealed by WikiLeaks today. Shrouded in secrecy from the beginning, some say the TPP would threaten access to information, the internet, and cultural works. One thing is for sure, the world needs to challenge this controversial agreement that's on the fast track for the end of the year. New leaks reveal the NSA and GCHQ infiltrated OPEC's computer network to perform economic espionage, and you won't believe how they got in. Plus... Your feedback, our follow-up, and much, much more on this week's episode of Unfiltered. To Unfilter, episode 75 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. You know, Chris, for the first time in the 75 year, epi- I'm so- sorry, 75 episode history <laughs> of Unfilter, yeah. almost a 75 year history. Feels like it sometimes. I am not bringing enhanced visuals this oh, week. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and so. For the first time in a very long time, I could just watch and participate actively in the I chat know, room. I know. It's kind of wild. We so, are uh, we will have a less visual-heavy episode because of some technical snafus. So so this week, chat room, if you're if you're watching this live and you're hanging out with us live right got now. Got Chase's attention. You got my attention. I'm here with you. Yeah. Boy, that's big. So I'll, I'll, I'll actually be, I'll be your conduit this week. I will bring wow. the messages of the chat room uh, to the audiences of Unfilter. Man, I didn't need to get that implant in my skull for the chat room. Yes. Dang it. Yes. Dang it. Well, so um, uh, heck of a week. Heck of a week for, for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's ironic that your life, your real world life is colliding with our main topic, the trans. It is, uh, isn't it, in a isn't way. it crazy? So what, what, uh, I, I have a great story. Uh, but we're we're gonna go to the professionals on this first, right? Well, so um, I want to cover I want to cover that I I felt like I felt like it would be disingenuous of the show not to mention the horrific um typhoon out uh, in the Philippines that is oh, just God. just it's caused awful. yeah it has just caused a ton of devastation. Um, we don't have a lot to cover on this, but I wanted to mark it here in the show. And here's an update from today from CNN. 
This is CNN Southern News. Week after Super Typhoon Haiyan hit, food, water, and medical supplies continue to trickle into the country as residents desperately search for their loved ones that were lost in the storm. There are reports now of looting, reports of deaths as victims try to find what they need to survive. The death toll now stands at more than 1,800. Two of them are Americans. But the president of the Philippines tells CNN the earlier estimates of 10,000 dead are likely too high. That's what he was saying yesterday. Yeah, they're now saying around 2,000. I just saw earlier today 2,200. Why do news organizations do this? What's that? It's still a bad number. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, well, our initial uh, educated guesses, instead of 5,000, it's only 3,000. Right. Hey, those 2,000 people. Hey. Yeah, that is weird. Why? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's still awful. It still sucks. Yeah, it sure does. Come on. It sure does. Um, Way to try uh, to get it right. You know, I, so, and like these things, I'm always like, I'm not sure which who I want to donate to or if I, what I should do because I don't want to give to a corporation that's going to just, you know, basically steal the money. Yeah. Or send them some sort of disease. That's why I always I always try to give it to extremely, you know, the 501. How did you get my pen? It was over here. How am I going to write in the red book if you have my pen? I'll pass it over to you. Here, slide it over here, Chase. Isn't that a great pen? That's uh, like an astronaut's pen. It's a Fisher pen. Space pen. Yeah. How did I know? Mm-hmm. It is. God, we're yeah. such geeks. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean... Sorry, now you got me off track. Um, oh, well. it, was, it is a bad situation, and who you donate oh, to. Oh no, tough. I remember what I was going to say. I mean, isn't it easier and better to donate to a reputable five hundred one three C corporation, sure, sure. not a corporation, but a nonprofit, a true nonprofit that puts the money in the right places? Yeah, and we'll have uh, in the subreddit. There's some links that uh, or as Bush, can... w- uh, as Bush would say, just just donate money. Just send your cash. Just send your cash. Just send your cash. Yeah, no, don't worry about blankets. Something else we're all sending our cash to is our intelligence agencies. And uh, we've talked a lot about, yeah, yeah, we've talked a lot about the NSA. However, this week, since we last did our show, that's so habit forming. I'm sorry. I'm clicking on the screen like I'm getting ready to to show it. I just like forget it. Uh, (laughs) We talked a lot about the NSA, but this week, Chase, the GCHQ chiefs had to stand their ground in a grilling. And this is the Super Bowl of elitists. Here we go. Hot on the heels of American intelligence bosses insisting they've done nothing wrong. It's time to hear from Britain. UK spy chiefs are going public for the first time to testify on Britain's collaboration on global spying. More details now from our London correspondent, Sarah Firth. For the first time, you're going to have the three heads of Britain's spy agencies in the same room being questioned by MPs. Now, that's part of a session that's going to be broadcast via a satellite link. It's going to be live, but there will be a short time delay just in case anything's revealed that could be considered a threat to national security. So who exactly do we have in those hot seats? Well, we've got Sir Ian Lobben, the director of GCHQ. We've got Andrew Parker, who's the director general of MI5. And we've got... Sir John Sawyers, who is the MI6 chief. Now, they are going to face questions from the Intelligence and Security Committee uh, as part of an inquiry into the oversight of UK intelligence agencies following concerns about the scale of mass surveillance. That, of course, coming after the Edward Snowden 
revelation. Here you go. The heads of the intel of Bretons is that that's how she said it, right? Breton. Breton. The head the head head guys of the intelligence agencies over there are going to sit down in front of MPs. They're going to have a tough grilling. It's going to be broadcast live. Even oh, though no, it's going to no, be no, delayed. No. Yeah, I was going to say, Chris, it's yeah. uh, tape delay because could uh, say something. <laughs> they may say something that we right. don't want to hear. Right. So uh, how would that work? Well, I, like, what if you're watching it and then all of a sudden just black screen? Sorry. What? You know, if they if they do it like they do on the radio, they you don't even notice unless you notice like they just do a cut, right? But there's like dump it. Yeah. But how do you suppose it went, Chase? Do you think it, you think we got the answers we were looking for? Oh, we got some answers, and then the so. heads of British intelligence warned today that surveillance leaks are doing serious damage to efforts to stop terrorism. What? They made an unprecedented joint public appearance before a committee of Knock Parliament. it off. Stop leaking. Lucy Manning of Independent Television News reports. For the first time coming out of the cold, the heads of GCHQ, MI6 and MI5, the men in charge of our spies, and there was little doubt who they think is helping the enemy. Edward Snowden, the American intelligence analyst who leaked secrets to The Guardian and others, has hurt, they claimed, the fight against terrorism. The leaks uh, from uh, Snowden uh, have been very damaging. Uh, they put our operations at risk. Uh, <laughs> it's clear that our adversaries are rubbing their hands with glee. Uh, Al-Qaeda is lapping it up. Laughing it up, Chase. Wait, wait, wait. Is, wait. Laughing it is, up. That, is that a direct quote from Al-Qaeda? Yeah. Do they really know? Rubbing their hands with glee. Oh, boy, oh, boy. We never knew they were spying on our communications before, but now we know. <laughs> Thanks to AOL and some messages. It's actually a little racist. Because it's like it look, it's like look at all these cave rats. They're too stupid to figure out that we can monitor them. But now because of Edward Snowden, they've been tipped off. And if it wasn't for Snowden, they never would have figured it out. Because they're nothing but a bunch of sand rats, and they never would have figured it out. Because oh, they're dumb. Leaks from Edward Snowden now in Moscow have led directly, they said, to terrorists around the world changing the way they communicate. We have actually seen chat around specific terrorist groups including closer to home, discussing how to avoid what they now perceive to be vulnerable communications methods. And so the cumulative effect of the media coverage, global media coverage, will make the job that we have far, far harder for years oh, to come. Far harder. they got they got to work a lot harder now, Chase. No, Chris, you got to realize something, okay? you got to realize this. They're doing this for your safety. This is about fighting terrorism. No, Chase. no, no. It's this not. is this is Chris. No, you're. It's not just about terrorism. We got to keep us safe. No, it's not just about that. Oh, how many kids do you have, Chris? Three kids. It's ridiculous. Don't you want them to be safe? I hope they watch everything don't they you do forever. Want, don't you want to know yeah. that when they're in the back of your car, yeah. and you're going to school or you're yeah. going to the store, that thanks to these awesome people, I don't have to worry about a bomb. You, you don't have to worry about it. You know, I would say that is probably a good argument they could be making, except for then they keep getting caught doing stuff that is obviously not related to terrorism at all. First oh, revelations on. by American whistleblower Edward Snowden. The U.S. National Security Agency and Britain's government communications headquarters have been spying on the organization of the petroleum exporting countries, OPEC. The revelations were published in the German newspaper Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel. The report says the NSA and the GCHQ have thoroughly infiltrated OPEC's computer systems. The NSA has already been shown to the spying on Brazil's energy firm Petrobras as part of its massive spying operations. 
OPEC has 12 members and is dedicated to coordinating the policies of the oil exporting countries. We're spying on OPEC. We've been spying on OPEC. In fact, uh, a 2008 is document. Is that why my gas is under $3 a gallon? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, the NSA department in charge of energy issues reported it had accomplished its mission. Intelligence information about individual petroleum exporting countries had existed before then, but now the NSA had managed for the first time to infiltrate OPEC in its entirety. Uh, a secret GCHQ document dating from 2010 states that the agency had traditionally had poor access to OPEC. This is a quote. But then in, later that year, after a long period of malicious – I'm sorry, meticulous work, it had managed to infiltrate the corporate – the computers of nine OPEC employees by using quantum insert, which is their particular method, uh, which then they got a- access to their machines. Now – GCHQ analysts were even able to acquire administrative privileges on the OPEC network and gain access to secret servers containing many documents of interest. Now, do you know how they got that malware on those computers? That quantum mm. insert? Mm. Do you know what they did? Was it the, through that middleman attack that we talked about before? They created completely fake LinkedIn and Slashdot websites, among others. <laughs> so when OPEC employees uh, were updating their LinkedIn profile, they were actually getting delivered malware by the GCHQ. Wow. And then they used that malware to gain access to the network. This is so underhanded. But terrorism, my hairy ass, Chase. No, no, it's not about terrorism. I'm dead wrong. Yeah. Now I'm sad. Uh, but it's not all GCHQ and NSA. Uh, it also came out uh, this week. The CIA is said to be paying AT&T for its call data. Uh, the cooperation <laughs> is conducted under voluntary contract. So how about that? And AT&T is making 10 million bones. Another revelation on U.S. surveillance service today, this time involving the CIA and AT&T. The New York Times reported the spy agency is paying more than $10 million a year for access to company records, mostly on international calls. The report said AT&T is cooperating voluntarily. The data is used in overseas counterterror investigations. The AT&T gets a lecture scratch on this one, unlike the NSA program, because AT&T actually manages the database and delivers the customer records when the CIA asks for them. So the CIA just calls up and says, hi, <laughs> we'd like to know what Chase Nunes has been doing. Aww. And they send it on over. <laughs> well, if they want to know what I've been doing. <laughs> uh, porn. <laughs> <laughs> porn. More porn and job websites. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So uh, some, <laughs> some good stuff in the in the NSA world this week. Now, uh Greenwald has said that they're about to come up with a bunch of stuff on Canada, a bunch of dirt on Canada. Oh, poor. Well, you know, you know, the mayor of Toronto would love to get some of that information. <laughs> yeah, Ford's just been waiting. Uh, hey, look, Chase, before we get into the Trans-Pacific Partnership uh, and what the hell it is and why you need to know about it, yeah. I want to thank this week's Unfilter supporters. Now, yes. you, did you know this is a supporter show? This you week, know, I've we heard exist about, solely on I, their goodwill. I've heard about the supporters thing. Yeah. You know, I, I know that you know we have some great supporters there, that there's no that we don't in. sell any advertising. You know, I know we're trying to make a goal of 333 unfiltered supporters. This is true. This is true. And you know, it's to fund one just uh, at first one day of actual 333 one day of unfiltered broadcasting. And this week and, it was really a monster to uh, in production wise. Uh, I, I would say if every show was as hard as this one, and I, I'll go into some probably some details in the supporters newsletter. Every unfiltered supporter gets a newsletter after every episode, gives you more information about that show. This is definitely one of the hardest ones I've ever done. Uh, and it, you know, this is one of those days where uh, if it really wasn't for our unfiltered supporters, who when when I have to really focus on what is this episode going to be about, what is the message, what is the thing we want to focus, what I think about is 
What is going to make 333 people happy? Or right now, currently, what is going to make the 253 people who support this show happy? I don't have to worry about what's going to get the most clicks, what's going to get me linked, what's going to get people retweeting. I focus on what's going to make 253 people happy. That is a fundamental change in the way media is produced, and it allows us to focus on the things you actually need to know about, the things that actually need to be discussed, and not the stuff that's just going to get you upset so you click on our show. So I want to say a special thank you to KCK, Chris B, BJ, uh, maximum, 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 maximum R, Spencer S, Daniel A, and Relian, Relian L, Relin, Relin. Now, look, you guys, uh, as unfiltered supporters, check your newsletter this week. So the, uh, the you get a newsletter in the episode your name is called out on. That's when you're in the you're in the system, and in there will be two different BitTorrent sync shares. One is all of our clips since the NSA stories broke, going back to fifty four. And now that we're sharing those out, I'm adding additional stuff, uh, video of some of the things we cover. Um, additional clips that don't make it into the show, uh, specifically around the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Uh, I have a clip in there uh, that uh, was just not quite up to snuff for the show, but it's Norm Chomsky, and he's talking about uh, um, you know his thoughts on the Trans-Pacific Partnership. There's a lot of things like that that are in there that now will become part of that BitTorrent sync share. I take all of the raw source files for this show, I dump them in that folder incredible. and sync them out. And then on top of that, there's a new share that's just the last five supporters show. So this is really easy. You throw a BitTorrent sync, which is free to get on your mobile device. You grab that sync file and you get all the last five episodes. Now, one thing important to note is that that information rotates. It changes yeah. that code. Yeah. So, you know, to encourage you and your friends, because I mean, we know Stay legit. We know there's a couple of you that do illegal sharing. What? I know. I bet we need some sort of partnership, Chase. I know. We need some sort of company that goes out and and filters through the internet, right? Unfilters that content, <laughs> and then gives us a check. Oh man, that's what I think. Uh, so, uh, you can always stop stay- hitting me. Sorry, yeah. you can always stay up to date on your uh, by uh, checking out the unfiltered newsletter. Yes. And uh, so, thank you everybody thank you. to our yeah, 253 absolutely. supporters for keeping us on the air. You guys, go check your BitTorrent yes. syncs. Go check your inbox. I'd love to get more people on there. Chase, there's been some funny computer names that have showed up in that BitTorrent sync. I'll tell you that. Oh, give me one. You want me to go look? Give All me right. one. You can't, so, you can't tease. Oh, there's been funny names, but I can't tell you. Well, <laughs> some of them are. Some of them make me a little paranoid. I'm going to be honest. Like, or like uh, CIA? C- well, or uh, or not the NSA, which I mean. Uh, here's one. FBI. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, here's what this one's fine. My living room, right? I mean, hey, that's at not least they're paying for it, right? At least the FBI is actually paying for it and not stealing it. GCHQ is on here. <laughs> GCHQ's on there. It's great. Nice. Uh, all right, Chase. Well, uh, now let's, uh, oh, yeah. Let's shift gears. You know what this is? No. This, this is our Trans Pacific Partnership theme, and you know why it's that? It sounds like a party. It is a party that was being held, I believe it was November 8th in Olympia, Washington. Oh, it was, it, was, it was over here. And they took neon signs, and it was a protest outside the Capitol of protesting the Trans-Pacific Partnership. What is it? It sounds like it's a good thing. Is this uh, like a frequent flyer club? Is this something that will help me? This partnership? Get, yeah. Well, like it's a, it get me through security faster at the airport? Sounds good. Uh, well, it turns out, Chase, it's a great deal for business. Oh. George Washington would be rolling over in his grave if he knew what President Obama was up to. Right now, the president is preparing to push through what has the potential to be the largest trade deal in human history, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or as it's more commonly known, the TPP. If approved, the TPP would create a whole new set of rules regulating the economies of 12 different countries in four different continents bordering the Pacific Ocean. These rules cover everything from pharmaceuticals to digital copyright law and could permanently change the way everyday Americans and people all over the world interact with the global economy. 
So you'd think Obama, the Obama administration would want to keep the public as up to date as possible on such a massive trade deal, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. The United States has negotiated and is negotiating the TPP almost entirely in secret. In fact, most of what oh. we know about it actually comes from leaked documents. And some of those documents paint a very scary picture. Oh. According to Public Citizens Trade Watch, TPP would allow private foreign corporations to sue countries that try to pass regulations they don't like, oh. to reward country oh. companies that send jobs overseas, uh -huh. and to gut regulations that keep big banks in check. That's why the TPP is way more dangerous than normal trade deals like NAFTA, which are pretty damn bad to begin with. As Dean Baker wrote in a recent piece for the Huffington Post, free trade is not what the TPP is all about. The TPP is about crafting rules that will favor big business at the expense of the rest of the population in both the United States and in other countries. So why is the TPP so friendly to big corporations? It's easy. They wrote it. While the Bush and Obama administrations have kept the public in the dark about what's in the TPP, they've let big corporations not only look at draft versions of the treaty, they've even let those corporations make changes to them in fact, in many cases, the corporations wrote the first drafts in the first place. It shouldn't be any surprise, then, that President Obama doesn't even want Congress to look at the TPP. To push the U.S. into the proposed treaty as soon as possible, he's proposing a special legislative trick called fast-tracking that would prevent lawmakers from making any amendments to the TPP. Instead, this treaty would be sent right to the floor where it would have only a single chance with a simple majority vote up or down. Given what we know about the TPP and what we know about the, how the president wants to push it through Congress without debate or amendment, the stakes couldn't be higher. So there's 12 nations currently negotiating the TPP, which is the U.S., Japan, Australia, Peru, Malaysia, Vietnam, uh, New Zealand, Chile, Singapore, Canada, Mexico. Um, my geography fails me. Uh, the TPP contains a chapter on intellectual property covering copyright, trademarks, patents, and perhaps geographical indicators. Yeah. Um, it is a pretty nasty thing. It's sort of like taking a lot of things uh, that are uh, the worst of U.S. law and sort of um, in standardizing them throughout the throughout the whole world. And, and, really, and it's not just that; it's actually taking U.S. law, putting it throughout the world, like you said, and actually making it more restrictive and more severe. Right, and so it's actually taking it to the next level. And then, uh, once nations sign on to that, it makes it much harder for them to pass domestic laws that would maybe loosen up like things. Because this the would supersede that, right? And so, uh, like for example, uh, one of the provisions is is, pr is placing greater liability on internet intermediaries. Now, we're pulling this just from one chapter that was leaked today. Uh, yeah. the, the PPP would force the adoption of the USDMCA Internet Intermediaries Copyright Safe Harbor Regime in its entirety. For example, this would require Chile to rewrite its forward-looking 2010 copyright law that currently establishes a judicial notice and takedown regime, which provides greater protection to Internet users' expression and privacy than the DMCA. So it essentially takes the DMCA and applies it to the whole damn world. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, this is, this is awful. The DMCA is a disaster. We are, you and I, as content creators, fight this this kind of copyright takedown crap all the time. Yeah, we were, we were talking about this before the show today, uh, even before we went on the air and talking about my hellacious week. And actually, Chris, we'll talk about your story first. Hmm. You do a very popular show here on Jupiter Broadcasting. The Linux Action Show, yeah. Uh, called the Linux Action Show. Yeah. And, you it was know, taken down on Monday. It, it's one of those. It's one of those shows that you put your you put your heart and soul into. Not like you don't in any other show, but I mean, this is one of your original babies, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, 
you put a what twenty second clip yeah, on there of, a, and, of our runs Linux, which we've been doing for almost eight years. And what happened? They pulled it down because Yahoo has copyright claim on the video, even though we were providing commentary, we were using it within fair use as news coverage. So the way YouTube works, you guys, is companies have systems or automated systems that scrub the video and scrub the audio for images or audio signatures that you and I cannot hear, the human ear cannot hear. But the systems pick up, and it automatically sends the person in charge an email saying, hey, do you want to uh, throw a copyright claim on here and flag it? And so what happens is you get it in your email saying that this has been pulled down worldwide, and then you have to fight it. And then how long does it take usually for it to clear up, if it usually does clear up? Because you have have fair use. It happens all the time. So it's been anywhere from two days to two weeks. Yeah. Now, in the meantime, obviously, the Linux Action Show is one of those shows here on the network where you actually have sponsors. You have GoDaddy and you have other sponsors on that program. Now, that those sponsors are not getting their money's worth because there's a whole audience that is being excluded mm-hmm. because of someone's automated, automatic trigger-happy systems. I would argue, though, what's happened to you is even worse because that's like, well, some people can choose not to play in the YouTube playground, but you... You put your content just up on the web. Right. And so a company who specializes in scanning the web for content ID stuff for their client found your stuff on the web and contacted you and said, hey, you're using our copyrighted material and you owe us (laughs) $12,000. It was was a crazy situation. So uh, way back in the middle of the year, I would say, was it April? Yeah, April of this year, I went back to Pennsylvania and I did video of pinball, of a big pinball competition called the Papa Circuit Championship. And I did it under my own dime. I put it up there on the internet uh, for everybody to watch. I wasn't, uh, there was no sponsors on the video. It was just really to help push the hobby of pinball worldwide, to give it more substance, to give it more gravitas, if you will, more legitimacy. And so I went on the internet and I was like, well, I have this really cool intro. I need some uh, audio for it. Now I know, I mean, believe me, I've been involved in doing this kind of thing for a number of years and I knew that I needed to have legitimate music. I needed to make sure that I wasn't subjected to uh-huh. the YouTube copyright uh-huh. trolls and all these other places. So I went to a website that I, I, you know, I did some research and I was like, I went to freeplaymusic.com and I'm not saying their URL to give them substance. I'm just giving it for context. It's because it's in the name. Right. Yeah. So I went I went to the website. I looked at their ser- terms and service agreements and stuff, and I felt that I was covered under their personal use uh, requirement and also nonprofit uh, because I wasn't making any money off this. I wasn't marketing it. I wasn't trying to sell it or anything. No sponsorship. No it's sponsorship. Just, I went to a pinball thing, and here's – Right, and this content was posted on Papa's website. So I received an email a couple of days ago uh, from uh, Free Play's uh, uh, enforcement division, if you want. It's essentially a contract company they they work with who says, all right, give us your IDs. We'll put them into our system, and then we'll go out and scan the web, and we'll we'll be the the strong arm for you. Yeah, the the name of the company uh, is TuneSat. Uh, They do audio fingerprinting technology. And they have a fingerprint in their logo. Right. Which is adorable. Yeah. So the way it happened is obviously they have their big computers churning data 24-7. They scour the web for audio and video links. They just blindly look at everything. And they obviously landed on Papa's website. And when they did, they found my videos that I made. 
So they contacted me and said, hey, do you have a license for these? Well, what's interesting yeah. when they contacted you is they it, it does feel like they did a little digging on you. Like they figured out that you have your own company. They figured out that, you know, the, you Well, have, they found their the email addresses to contact me. They found multiple me. email addresses for you. Yep. They, they send it to two different email addresses. So they, they, like, they, they did some they, research on you. They, they jumped on it. And so they sent me an email saying, do you have a license for, for this? If not, you know, no big deal. Uh, you know, just please get back to us and let us know. And, well, basically, I'm going to give you a quote. <laughs> Obviously, this is a big legalese letter that they sent long me. Long thread, too. Long, long thing. Lots of emails back and forth. But, but this, this is a quote from the email. It said, just to, just to let you know, Freeplay had initially authorized us to settle these uses for $12,000 based upon their evaluation of your site and the nature of its uses. That's uh. great. But, you know, here here's the funny thing. This was from earlier in the email. It said to me, since a proper license is not already in place for the music, we will have to discuss some sort of monetary settlement given that Free Place licensing business was actually damaged as a result of the fact that the music was used without a proper license. So what they're saying is we were harmed right. because I made a little pinball video. Right. They got less than 500 views on the Internet. Wow. Uh, each video, each video had less than five hundred. So, so there's no damages at all. I, I I don't know how they could prove damages. And here here's the thing. I mean, I I've posted this. Uh, there's a very big pinball community called Pinside. Uh, I posted this on there. It's actually kind of blowing up since I posted. It's got over twenty posts within an hour. It's <laughs> it's blowing up. And there's some people that have contacted me. PM said, hey, I'm a. They're not going to represent me, but they're a lawyer and they said, hey, you know, here here's some advice. You know, don't stress on it. But these are the these are the kind of things. That you know. So what you have here, Chase, yeah, is yeah. this uh, this Toonstat is a business whose entire con- the concept of this business is they scan the web, yeah. they find people who have not properly licensed this company's music. Which this whole company's whole thing is it's free. Use our music. Use our music. Then you use it. Oh, by the way, it wasn't actually free. We call it free music, but it's not actually free. Well, uh, and I'm, I'm of course like I told you guys at the top of the show. I'm keeping an eye in the chat room. I am a con. Since sue them back for slander and harassment. Well, it's not slander and harassment. They're yeah. not. They're no, not. It's not public. Yeah, it's not public or anything. But it is literally this. This company is making its bones on abusing. DMCA and copyright laws to, to extort I, money from you. I did some research before the show today, and it comes to find out that this company uh, with Free Play Music has gone after voiceover artists. So they go to the website thinking I could use this free, quote unquote, free music for my voiceover demos, for example. Just demo clips on the site? Demo clips on yeah. their own sites, like on voiceovers.com. And it literally things. should be called extremely expensive music. Yeah. It's not free music at all. No, no, it's not. And it actually, it's free music if you just download it for your own personal to use. To listen to, yeah. Yeah. yeah That's you, the, only, within the only context that's free. Right. I mean, it's, one of those things is, you know, there's always these, uh, these, these mechanisms to kind of combat this stuff. And one of the biggest things that really jives me on this, uh, this Trans-Pacific Partnership is they, they really want to push a three-step uh, language, uh, yeah. or basically yeah. that puts restrictions on fair use. Well, oh, one boy. of the things that we do— This show depends on fair use. We depend on fair use. Literally. And, and the United States Trade Representative is putting fair use at risk with restrictive language in the IP chapter. U.S. and Australia have proposed very restrictive text, mm-hmm. while other countries such as Chile, New Zealand, and Malaysia have proposed more flexible— User-friendly terms. Obviously, they they are seating on the side of the consumer, right? And the U.S. and Australia authorities are seeing on the side of big right. business. In fact, one of the things that's come out in this leak is like it, the, when it comes down to hard hardline issues on on like 
uh, reducing uh, consumer freedoms and and all these kinds of things. The U.S. is sort of an outlier on pushing for this kind of stuff. Uh, and if you take away fair use, you you devastate the news industry. You devastate it. Uh, and no, no, no. They would give them. They would give them an exception. Well, the free us, the, the independent news industry. You would you would devastate the independent news industry. Uh, and it also would escalate protections for digital lock. So all those like things they put on devices, so you can't tr- change the region like lock, like on a DVD or the cell phone lock. It would escalate protections on that, making it uh, you know against the against the law in all of these countries that signed the agreement to break those locks. Yeah, which would be absolutely disgusting. But it also would hurt jobs right here in the U.S. of A. For over 200 years since the founding of our republic, our economy was built on a system of tariffs, small taxes on importing and imported goods. These tariffs made American goods cheaper in the United States, thus protecting American manufacturing and made our country a global superpower. American businesses and American workers didn't have to compete with cheap products or cheap labor from abroad, and so our economy flourished. Everything worked just fine until the 1980s when President Ronald Reagan abandoned the system of tariffs that had worked so well for centuries and ushered in the era of so-called free trade. Every president since, including Democrats like Bill Clinton and Republicans like George W. Bush, have followed Reagan's lead, signing us on to free trade deals like NAFTA, CAFTA, SHAFTA, the whole bunch of them. These deals were supposed to grow the economy, but instead they have decimated its industrial base, its most productive source of wealth. As a result, the United States is now what economy in crisis is calling a service or servant economy. And I think that might be the most controversial clip we'll play this episode because I think some people really believe strongly that what Reagan did was open up the markets, allowed for free trade, and really brought a lot of money in. But I think now, if you look at the labor market, I mean, it has been decimated since the 80s. Yeah. And so I'd be curious to get, I'd, I'd like to solicit folks' feedback on that particular clip. So go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com and pop that contact link and Please. send it in. Now, yeah. we've just dogged a bunch on the TPP. I want to play for you. There's, 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 there's a few really big groups. The top three in my mind, although I'm probably missing some, one is the copyright lobby, which is the MPAA, the yeah. movie industry. One is the pharmaceutical company, uh, and they want to, they want to extend, uh, they want to, they want to extend uh, copyrights around uh, pharmaceuticals, and also this is a big one: surgical procedures. They want to, they want to, they want to be able to copyright surgical procedures as well. The other big lobby for this is actually the automobile industry in Detroit. Really? And um, this is a little thick, but I want to play. I, I just thought we. I have two clips I, for the I, pro I'd side. I'd be interesting to know which parts of the automobile industry, because remember, some of them are still. I th- aren't they still owned by the federal government, or they have it all paid it back? I don't know. I yeah. I don't want to say. I don't want to say the way because I I can't remember. Because I know, I think what Ford didn't take any money. Right, I remember that. I know GM took money. I think they paid it all back, and I think Chrysler also took money as well. But I, they haven't. Paid I it don't all back, know. Right? I yeah. don't know about that. Well, so here is uh, this is governor. This is former governor Matt Blunt. Uh, no joke. I have it uh, outlined in the show notes. He's now the chief lobbyist for the automotive industry, and he's all about the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Well, we are going to talk now about the uh, auto industry, as Japan and the U.S. are confirming their cooperation toward uh, concluding the U.S.-led Trans-Pacific Partnership free trade negotiations and doing so by the end of this year. It's a good chance to talk about the overall industry. Yeah, but our next guest has a little bit of a beef Uh-oh. with these negotiations and says Japan is not playing fair when it comes to our U.S. automakers. Matt Blunt is the former governor of Missouri, now the president of the American Automotive Policy Council representing GM Ford and Chrysler. Good to see you, Governor. Glad What's your there. beef? 
Well, we, Japan has a history of keeping their market closed to imports. If you were to look at OECD countries, you'd find that on average they have about a 45% import penetration rate. Uh, Japan's at six. It's clearly the most closed automotive market in the industrial-wise world. And they've used a number of tools to keep it closed. Uh, certainly one is uh, a manipulation of their currency, which uh, uh, we believe has happened today. Uh, the yen has fallen 30% since October of uh, last year, and uh, that really equates to about 50 $5,700 on a typical average uh, car. So that affects. So they're cheating, us. essentially, is what you're alleging. We'd argue, but uh, the TPP has tremendous prom uh, promise, and a well negotiated Trans Pacific partnership can create lots of economic opportunity in the uh, Pan Pacific region. Uh, we think it's critical that that TPP include a strong and enforceable currency discipline so that the markets, rather than government intervention, uh, can set the currency exchange rates. So this is what's such a beautiful bit of irony is one of the reasons they want to, uh, the automotive industry cares is because Japan gets a great deal because they manipulate their currency. Yet the U.S. prints $80 billion a month. Like, we're not manipulating our currency. It's right, hypocrisy exactly. to its yeah. finest. Yeah. But we weaken our currency certainly through the Federal Reserve and their very easy money policies. So we're pointing the finger at a nation when we're essentially doing the same thing, just in a different way. That's what we China never, always says. China right. says it every single time that we've accused them in right. the past of that. Well, we never directly intervene in the foreign exchange markets. Japan has the second largest foreign exchange reserves in the world. Uh, they've accumulated those reserves while they had a uh, current account surplus. So clearly that's been an intentional effort to, to hold down the value of their currency. Um, we think you can define currency manipulation for the purposes of the TPP in a way that doesn't infringe upon anybody's ability to have a sovereign monetary policy. Right. The, uh, the, uh, that just blows my mind. So he's saying there's a way to set via the TPP monetary policy that doesn't infringe on na nation sovereignty, yet the, those two things seem incompatible. It's interesting because if you look at it, I said it was a good chance for us to talk about the overall industry. What's the effect of all of this? Because you know, it you know, looks like our companies, meaning the U.S. companies, doing pretty well, right? There's no question that uh, Chrysler, Ford, and General Motors have compelling product, and they've gone through a restructuring that allows them to be uh, extremely successful in the global marketplace. They're adding uh, thousands of jobs in the United States, and uh, really we have a resurgent American automotive sector that's at the tip of the spear in the manufacturing sector. Right. Uh, but it, it clearly affects us. It affects Texas in the United States. Um, where they essentially have the Japanese companies have a $5,000 uh, export subsidy that gives them an unfair advantage. And uh, as you know, we export more cars and parts than anything else. It's the largest export sector of our economy. And in markets like the Middle East, where we compete head-to-head -head with our uh, uh, Japanese competitors, it gives them an unfair advantage. So this is about them not being able to sell at a competitive advantage yeah. around the world. Right. Uh, but that's the pro side. There's another pro side, I, I, but, I, but the other pros are really around IP. So there's a large sector that believes that the future of American innovation isn't going to be in actual manufactured goods, but in intellectual property, software, content, Hollywood, that kind of stuff. And so that's why it's so important that we get intellectual property controls because that's the product of the future for the United States. <laughs> that's all we can make anymore, right? Right. And okay. who's conspicuously absent from this agreement is China. A lot of this started out, from my understanding and research, was the U.S. This is this started with the Bush administration is now being fully embraced by the Obama administration has really become theirs. They're pushing it forward because China's labor is getting too expensive, in their words. China is getting too expensive, and so they want to neutralize things out and push out to other uh, industrial uh, coming up nations and, and, you know, 
take China out of the loop, take them out of the loop, take China out of the game, which is interesting because China today announced that in 10 years they want to double their economy size. They essentially want another China on the oh, on the market. Jeez, wow. So lots going on. But uh, there is uh, a few details that we that we have really popped into clarity today because of WikiLeaks. Uh, they've posted it today. And this really was like perfect timing for the show. And there's a few things that were that came out because they just focused specifically on the privacy uh, and IP intellectual protection chapters. And here's a little clip that covers what was specifically in there. Joining me now to discuss more about these new developments in the TPP is Peter May Barduk, the director of access to medicine at Public Citizen, and James Love, director at Knowledge Ecology International. Jeff- now, I see I'm a little better at saying last names. Marduk. That's how you say it. Marduk. Gentlemen, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me here. James, uh, I want to start with you. This really is one of the first times we've gotten such a glimpse into TPP negotiations here. They've been extremely secret. As I said, members of Congress haven't even been privy to a lot of this stuff. What do these documents released by WikiLeaks today kind of show us? Well, it's remarkable. We have to depend on WikiLeaks to find out what the hell's going on. I mean, the the agreement is really about patents and copyrights primarily. Uh, Some some issues about trademarks. These are not you wouldn't think big state secrets, but it's a battle. It's really uh, uh, this chapter has really been driven by the lobbying by the pharmaceutical companies in Hollywood, and what you see in here is the United States tabling a whole slew of proposals that would benefit pharmaceutical companies and Hollywood on the, in, the, in the patent and copyright area and that sort of thing. And then, and then you see the pushback from other countries. And so you can, you can see on any particular issue how the, uh, the various members, Japan, Australia, Malaysia, Peru, different countries kind of, kind of fall out on these things. So this is what's interesting is a part of these WikiLeaks is sort of like in the line are the notes of the different representatives from the different country. And in all in all, all in all, the whole you take away from is the U.S. is very aggressive. It's obvious. Well, and, and here's the reality is a lot of this are being written by the actual businesses themselves, much like ACTA was. There are over 600 business representatives that are putting this together and sort of bringing it to government pre-built. And the U.S. And so that's the U.S. side of things. It's essentially all of the businesses getting together, having a big circle jerk group wet dream of what they would love to see happen. And that's the U.S.'s contribution to this damn thing. And this all comes out because of WikiLeaks and the fact that they got a leak of the version of the document that has the different notes in the columns. So you could actually see like different countries saying, man, we really don't think the U.S. should be pushing for this. I noticed in your, your report today that, that you wrote up, there's still a lot of negotiating to be done. The, the report showed that uh, on a lot of these provisions, there's not agreement between the United States and other nations. And that gives people who are seeing these documents an incredible opportunity to weigh in here. Well, yeah. And, 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 I mean, the, the U.S. is talking like you're going to close the agreement out by the end of the year. There's, there's 900 brackets in the text. I mean, it, it, you know, they have the next meeting next week. Yeah, I, I think this end-of-the-year goal is so pie in the sky. I don't even know where the Obama administration is pulling that from. I mean, this isn't the most recent version, but it's but there's not a lot changed since this, this version was, was written. So I think it's, uh, it's hard to say. What we don't know is uh, politically what kind of deals are being made. I think that the U.S. is going to trade uh, market access to the United States, which will cost some people their jobs in the United States in return for uh, these other countries endorsing some measure of anti-consumer provisions that will keep drug prices high and will expand the, uh, the rights of, of, of publishers at the expense of consumers. Fox 
Phoenix News Alert. Uh, Chase, I'm here in the Unfiltered News Studio, and this just in, uh, the U.S. government and Obama administration is willing to trade U.S. jobs for intellectual property right control. That is that is what this – so uh, while Obama's, Obama's out there talking about jobs, talking about the economy, he's out there stumping for all this stuff like he's almost on the campaign trail. In the meantime, his administration is putting together the largest trade agreement in human history, and it specifically has provisions that would weaken U.S. manufacturing, like literally gut us, and, and make it so that those jobs are much easier to send overseas. In fact, it sets it up for that to happen – and yet, at the same time, he's out there telling us on from the podium how important jobs are. Is it is is this the way that we we die? Is this the way that we kill America? Because this is not how you should be doing. I it. think the corporations are running us for all we're worth, and then once they've used us all up, we become servants to them, and they move on and they begin milking some other country. Yeah, but then we're like the, add, they're like addicts, and we <laughs> are their pills. They're popping. yeah, but the problem is, what do you do with us? I mean, what you we don't go away. We're still here. We're still alive. We still need to do stuff. I mean, what do you do? The dynamics have to. To change how do you change them when the constitution's dying they are already changing the fact that you and i are sitting in this room doing this right now is already a sign that the dynamics are yeah, changing it's just the problem is, is it takes one or two generations it's very slow yeah that's true it's painful to watch uh but you know one aspect of this i kind of want to zoom in on just for a sec yeah. is uh the people are saying this threatens the sovereignty of nations, which is a pretty big claim to make. So I wanted to expand on that. Uh, James, this this deal gives enormous power to transnational corporations, and it weakens the power, and to some extent, of sovereign governments to be able to pass laws that affect their own citizens. And this comes down to this whole dispute resolution process and these kind of courts that are created in this deal. Can you explain more about uh, this this process by which corporations can sue governments over laws that help consumers? I think that that's the most important thing that's going to take place in this agreement. Most trade agreements, or most people think of trade agreements as agreements between countries. Uh, The World Trade Organization, you can only have a dispute if a country sues another country. And that does happen, but it doesn't happen with a huge amount of frequency, partly because uh, countries are kind of reluctant to to, to do that. And maybe they have, if it's something about uh, their intellectual property laws, they may have something in their own country that they don't really want to fight over. But if you extend the right to, to litigate these things to private companies, as the TPP does and the investor state provisions, uh, then, you, 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 then you're asking really uh, Disney or Pfizer or Monsanto if they want to challenge a provision in a country's law. And they really have nothing to lose. And they will. They will then push the envelope and they really push these things. So this allows for the corporation to sue a country directly. Instead of having to go through the WTO. So say there's a corporate, there's a country out there that says we don't want to have Monsanto's wheat grown in our fields. No GMO seeds allowed in our country. And so they say they ban all GMO seeds. Well, now Monsanto could use this TPP as an avenue of policy to sue that country directly. And then if they, if they won that lawsuit, which they seem to be able to pour a lot of money into things as we just watched with I-522, yeah. uh, where does that leave us? This We're screwed. Gives, We're screwed. This makes it so, – so before it used to have to be country versus country. The United States would have to sue Brazil to get Mont- Monsanto's seed in there. Now Monsanto can just go directly after Brazil. And these companies are mega rich, right? I mean, we are. This is literally giving power to the companies. Yeah, but here's the. Here's the. Remember, it all comes down to showing the money, right? I'm it, sorry, Chase. What was that? It all comes down to. Show me the money. I love that. I love that clip. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> it's 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 those things where you know companies can only honestly survive 
while people are still going to buy their products yeah. and, and contribute into them. Infinite expansion. Right. And what will happen, I think at, for some companies, not all, but some, people will start to actually grow a brain and grow a pair, yeah. and they'll realize what's going on, and they just will stop supporting that company until I, they make a change. I think so, too. Uh, like a great example, I try to do that. I mean, a great example of this, I know that's not really fully related, what? is the whole uh, Xbox uh, One uh, DRM debacle. Oh, yeah, where they were going to only do digital games and they were kind of kind of shut down on the used right. market, they, right? They, yeah, they're going to shut down on discs in the yeah. used market. And actually, you just install the disc and you would have, a, you right. know, and all that fun jazz. Well, thanks to a huge uproar, Hey-o. they made changes and they completely did a 360 or 180 on it. Um, and so, that being said, the power is in the people. If enough people got together in uprising and understood. Well, they'll do whatever makes them money. Right. But here's the thing, though. If if people really – if you broke it down in real simple terms and people understood what the hell was going on, I bet you people would All right, let's get real about companies. this. So yeah. one of the major industries behind this – this is my personal conspiracy. And if anybody who's followed me for a while knows I knows this about me, I think a lot of this is coming through Joe, uh, Joe Biden. Mm, Joe Biden yeah. received like uh, a Grammy – for his uh, uh, from the from the recording industry because he was such a watchdog for intellectual rights, Joe Biden is in like Flynn with the copyright industry, and so I think the copyright industry is driving this in a huge way because so much of this stuff is like it pushes down, uh, it requires ISP ISP start pol- policing like. Right now, the ISP is not held responsible if you download the latest episode of Game of Thrones. That's correct. All they have to do is they have to be served with the proper paperwork and pass along info. With the TPP, in every nation that signs up with the TPP, the ISPs are actually liable if you download an episode of Game of Thrones, right? This, is, uh, this to me, has Joe Biden written all over it. It, 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 was the, it is the Obama administration worked hand-in-hand with, with the big ISPs to set up the uh, six strikes in your house. Is it six strikes law? Is that what we have here? Well, depending on the ISP, uh, not all right. ISPs are uh, participating. And actually, and not it got all of them. dialed are, down. And not, not even all of them are doing the full six strike thing anyway. Right. It was going to be three strikes, and then it got dialed down. But what, yeah. what people don't fully appreciate, and you can, guys can go look this up, is the Obama administration was actually directly involved with those arrangements. All of those businesses colluded together to come uh, to create a common policy to apply to users who are using copyrighted material and that was pushed by the MPAA through Joe Biden who reached out through the administration to make these companies work together and so now we have that same exact tactic happening here with the TPP and I and so Chase I challenge what you just said because if that was true then you'd stop watching Breaking Bad you'd I stop don't. watching TV I right don't, I don't, you wouldn't I don't. watch movies now at some point we all watch a movie yeah. right but you're buying the product from the company who is one of the major people behind this. Well, first off, and I do it first too. Off, first off, I don't have cable television. I do, do have I. A, I do have an antenna. Props and uh, the uh, the the content I uh, legally uh, get back up, <coughs> backed up from a friend. Look at you. Well, so uh, <laughs> but, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you're going to a movie, you're paying for this, right? And that's so true. it is a little harder than you'd like because they have such a lockdown and everything. However, however. There is a little bit of good news. Lawmakers in the House may have just killed the Trans-Pacific Partnership, TPP. (gasps) Now, a quick refresher here. The TPP is a new trade deal in the works that would open up markets between nations along the Pacific Rim, like the United States, Canada, and Japan. 
But there are major concerns that the trade deal could hurt workers in the United States and infringe on online privacy and a free and open Internet. Those concerns are only heightened by the high level of secrecy surrounding the TPP trade negotiations, where even members of Congress have complained they're being shut out of the process by more powerful transnational corporations. Despite all of that, this trade deal was headed for fast-track approval in Congress, meaning it couldn't be filibustered and it couldn't be amended. This is basically the way Congress has passed every trade deal over the last few decades. But this time, things may work differently. 170 lawmakers in the House have signed on to a letter telling the Obama administration that they will not grant fast-track authority on the TPP, a move that could effectively kill the trade deal altogether. Not only that, some of the inner workings of the TPP have now been dragged out of the shadows and into the sunlight. This morning, WikiLeaks leaked the actual text of the intellectual property chapter of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, 95-page document, revealing in great detail just where negotiations currently stand on a number of very important IP issues. The document exposed the United States as one of the primary drivers of a slew of new anti-consumer laws that could take effect all across the Pacific. So there you go. There's your theme music. There's the first installment of the uh, unfiltered TPP watch. We need to keep this on the radar. Absolutely. And actually, and I'll let everybody know what happens. Really, right now, the ball is in their court. I'm having friends on (laughs) forums telling me they're just... uh, uh, scum-sucking bottom feeders trying to extort that money is out what of it me, is, yeah. um, and I should fight them and ignore them or whatever. But I'll let everybody know what happens. So, uh, so uh, Chase is right. We're going to keep following this. The Unfiltered Show is like a dog with a bone with some of these things. I don't know if we'll follow it in every episode, but we'll we'll keep you up to date when interesting things happen. And if, if some behind the scenes things happen, we'll roll them into the supporter show. But uh, if you check the show notes, we're starting to track the spoke holes. Uh, so we had uh, one clip that I didn't play, but it's in the BitTorrent sync for supporters. Is the former, uh, or is David L. Carden? David L. Carden is an American lawyer and diplomat. He is uh, he is an ambassador who's pushing this forward. He's he's sort of the ambassadorial face of this. I got him locked in the show notes. He's been on the media networks promoting this, and also we've got uh, former Missouri governor, uh, who is uh, the now the lead spokesperson for the lobby for the automobile industry. We're tracking them now as official spokespeople for the TPP. They are on our rec- on our radar. We are watching them. Great music, man. He's there with Feinstein, King. Oh, she is really Many in the back others. pocket, isn't Many she? Many others, a lot she, of them. She is so deep in those pockets. I mean, yeah. really, does she can't afford it? Is she just rich with power? <laughs> Actually, what, what's it's kind of deal? ridiculous. Yeah, she's making a ton of money right now off uh, shutting down of the post office. Uh, all right. Uh, well, there's one story we've been following that's really important to you. Uh, well, 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 Chris, you know what we did last time. We need to play. Uh, we well, this this is. Oh know, my gosh! It's no, Anderson not that Cooper. one. Oh, sorry. sorry. No. Oh, what? No, uh, it's the. Uh, what do we have one? For? Do we have a specific? Uh, no, well, no. We play the Fox News. Oh, okay. Fox News. Then we play the CNN. This is CNN Breaking News. And then we play Wolf. This is CNN's Wolf Blitzer. And you're in the Situation Room. Fair use, fair use. And this is, you've got to introduce oh, this. Okay, okay. Yes. Are you on satellite? Yeah. Okay. Happening now in the Jupiter Broadcasting News Headquarters, we have a very exclusive interview only found on the Unfiltered Show with our soldier on location, chief correspondent of beverages, Chase, Chase Nunes. Chase, situation, are you there? Situation. Yes, there's a little bit of a delay, Chris, but I can hear you. 
Very good. Uh, well, uh, thank you, Chase. Now, I know that you like drinking Coca-Cola, but specifically, you like your Mexi-Coke, and there's been a little bit of controversy around... I'm Wolf Blitzer. Thank you. Around them submitting cane sugar with fructose. Can you update us on what you're learning now? Yes, uh, Chris. Well, I'm finding out now this, this late-breaking news developments here live from Mexico City. Now, we reported here on the Unfiltered Show last week that Coke was planning on I'm changing from cane sugar, <laughs> Wolf, uh, from cane sugar over to high fructose corn syrup. But they have now reported that they are planning on. Oh, wait. He's, I, he I, left. He I left. have no more cadence. He's gone. Uh, they, they are actually planning on uh, on the exports to the United States. They're going to still have. They pulled back. They pulled back. They're going to have the cane sugar. That we love so much uh, for this, but uh, let me. Sweet tooth beverage fans can take. A oh, you got a quote? Yesterday, after oh, this Continental, is nice. the Mexican bottler released a statement saying, "Quote: There are no plans to change the sweetener for the Coke bottles it exports. Those will continue to use 100% cane sugar." Hey. And they added that only bottles sold in Mexico are going to contain a mixture of sugar and high fructose corn syrup. So there you are, crisis averted. Unless you're like me and don't drink Coca-Cola at all, in which case. No crisis in the first place, really. Mm. Anyway. Mm. No crisis in the first place. Is she hot? <laughs> yes. You can tell, right? <laughs> yes. She's got a bit of a lisp, though. You know what, though? So, uh, you know, I know you guys really wanted to know, but guess what? Your your uh, your Coke that you buy in the bottle here in the States is still safe. Your Mexi-Coke Hallelujah. is safe. Hallelujah. Top story. Well, we got a uh, voicemail for the feedback wait, this week. Wait, wait, yeah, yeah. Wait, what? You ready? You open When's the last no, time we had a voicemail? No, they emailed it and they were smart. Uh, they, they just bypassed Skype altogether. Uh, I know. Hey, Chris and Chase. My name's Conrad. I'm a supporter of the Unfilter Show, and I just wanted to give you guys a shout-out to thank you for the new BitTorrent sync that you set up. I'm a student at Eastern Washington University in computer science, and I'm doing a project on cloud security, and I'm using several of the clips that you've included in your BitTorrent sync for my project. Just want to thank you guys for the great work, and keep it up. How awesome is that? Wow. That's why you share the source. Now, remember, he, he's got a source back. Otherwise, we're going to send our trolls on him. Wow. Wait, what? No. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding, so, man. I think that's really cool that he's yeah, using it to, for school. And you know what? There's lots of interesting stuff in the... Uh, first of all, if it was me, I would want to grab that BitTorrent sync because it's sort of like... I had this really interesting experience when I was helping my grandpa move out of his house when he was moving into assisted living. And going through, like, he had boxes of, like, um, astronomy magazines and newspapers. It was, like, going through time. And these BitTorrent sync files, once you have them, they'll last in pristine digital quality forever. Forever, ever. Chris, I, I think we need to go through one of these third-party companies. We need to sue. He's using the content that <laughs> we, re- we regurgitated uh, for a project. That's true, We're missing an opportunity. Well, maybe we'll have to pursue that. That could be a new cho- that could be a new uh, uh, revenue opportunity. Yes, if this whole unfiltered thing doesn't work. Yes. Out. Now, Chris, sir. we have a you know we need someone to go back. Oh yeah, what and, was it? And show and find <laughs> out <laughs> what the streak is because it's. it's it, I feel like I'm like the Iron Man. I'm like Cal Rip. No, 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 you okay, can't look. Okay, okay, okay. I'm like the Iron Man. I think like, I think you're gonna break it. I, I mean, I think it's I think it's over right now. Oh, that's too. Bad. You ready? Last week, the Red Book says you predicted 989. Ooh. You broke it, didn't you? Chase, this is the week to do it. Just get all the bad stuff out of the uh, room. I'm sad. What do you want to set a goal to? Unfilter.reddit.com. Please go there. I broke the streak. What do you want to set a goal for? We're at 985. We were supposed to be at 989. You know, my week couldn't go any better. I'm going for 1,000. All right. That's it. 1,000. You guys. 1,000. We need 15. If you don't do this, I think Chase is... 
probably going to have a breakdown at the end of next week's show. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I introduce next week's show. Hey, Chase, yeah. if people want to see what you're up to if it doesn't get pulled down, <laughs> after they're at unfiltered.reddit.com, <laughs> which has way more links than what we covered this week, where would they go? You can go over to geekgamer.tv uh, where I post uh, Minecraft stuff, geeky and gaming stuff if it's not submitted to copyright infringement. <laughs> and please follow me on the Twitter at, at Nunes and okay. NES. Hey, you know what? I've got the uh, plus Chris Fisher on Google Plus now. Oh, oh, yeah. um, you know what? I, you forgot, I forgot to mention I have plus Chase Nunes. There you go on Google Plus. And does Chase have a job yet? Dot com. Oh yeah, that's Don't from an unfiltered that. viewer right that's there. That's from a filter viewer. Now listen, the unfiltered show it, it's it's an experience that should be experienced in live. the live sense. Live in the live sense over live. JBLive.tv. Now we do it. Boy, it's kind of tough. We're, we're all over the all over the map, depending on how long the supporter show is going to be. But show up around 6 p.m. Pacific over JBLive.tv, and you'll be high. Oh, man. Well, you guys, we have a great show lined up for you next week. So, so you know what? We'll see you right back here next, next week. week.